only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hi, my name's Steve Brunson, and I play Charlie Thompson in Looters, Tooters, and Sawn Off Shooters. You're listening to the very fantastic British Movie Show. How you doing, Trev? Oh, long doing... time. Yeah, not too long bad, mate. Not speak. Yeah, That's well, good. it's not too long. I mean, we we spoke no. a while back. How are you doing? You alright? I'm shattered. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> shattered. This this real life job, but I don't know how you lot do it. It's oh, terrible. I know. Yeah. Well, I've got that to look forward to tomorrow, unfortunately. But there you go. Oh. It's got to be done. Um, exactly. Let me bring in the guest. Oh, it's Keelan about, is he? He is. He sent me a message um, about seven o'clock, going hi. And then that, that's that's like the way I nudge people when I'm thinking, I wonder if they've remembered. Okay. <laughs> just, um, I just send them a hello message. Come on, it been hot today. Bloody hell. Oh, it's been, it's been glorious. Sh- oh, if, well, it, for me it hasn't, but if you like the heat, I suppose, yes, you're in your element. Yeah. Well, for me, I've been stuck in a shop. So, oh, great. Know, it's, uh, it was glorious walking home because it was about five o'clock, so the sun had kind of gone down. Yeah. It was sort of nice, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. The best time of the day is like now, when the sun's kind of bright, but it's it's not as uh, crazy hot. So yeah, it's a bit uh, of a breeze about, fortunately. Yes. Now we have the mystery man himself is now on the call. Hello. 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 Uh, Hi, Keelan. One not second, just taking my earphones here. All right, I'm online. Nice. At some point, Trev, I am going to have to go through all the podcasts that I've done, and I've done sixty. I think this is sixty-two UK ones I've done next. Wow. Um, and I need to just rename all the ones that I've got yourself on. Yeah. And call it like the Witch series. So. Yeah, that that'd be a mammoth task for you to undertake, I can imagine. Hey, well, how many do you reckon? What do you reckon? Ten, a dozen, something like that. Um, I would say if I had to bet on it, I'd probably say around about yeah, ten to twelve. Something like that. So, yeah. uh, and then obviously, like when the film comes out, we can I can release it as the Witch series episode, whatever. You could call it Witchcast. Very Witch good. Cast. Witch episode. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Keelan, you sort of mentioned we were trying to do a podcast for ages. We and have I do apologize. Been, yeah. It was me. It was me with my dodgy internet problems and just I've crazy been, scheduling. And I don't even have you know. time to scratch my ass, to be honest. <laughs> it's probably. No, well, <laughs> can I? Can I say can, that? Can I? I'm, but you can say whatever. Let, you I just can, want to get it straight. Am I allowed to swear, or is that a bad <laughs> yeah. thing? Because I usually... the, la- the language is whatever you choose. Yeah, right, I, I know a lot of podcasts. You go on and they're like, "No, you're not allowed to swear. Yeah. You're not allowed to make any." <laughs> Any slightly rude jokes, um, but on my podcasts, it's yeah, say whatever. Right, I, don't, I don't censor anything. That's what I like to hear. You know, unless you scream the words "kill them all now, children" or something, right. and, you okay. know, and it's some sort of trigger, <laughs> trigger mechanism. I'll not be doing any Jimmy Savills or anything, so we should. No, be right. not at all. Do you remember that old Charles Bronson film, Trev, where it's like telephone, where people would just you'd get a phone call and it'd be like now, yes, and I then know, they'd just yeah. turn into like a sleeper agent. Yeah, that was about 1974, I think, that film came out. Something like that. I saw it on VHS. I was definitely uh, not old enough to watch films like that on the the cinema. Mm. Um, But yeah, each time, you know, we have somebody from which it's it's a tradition now that Trev attends and and, and I I sort of take a semi-back seat because I I love listening to Trev and whoever it is. So um, how did you two first meet? Let's let's get in with that one. Well, um... Well, it, it's a funny story for me, actually. Um, I was, um, I don't know if you've seen, a while ago, my first like appearance on TV was on um, the Alan Titchmore show, funnily enough. And um, I was like modeling swimwear. It was just this, yeah, it was, it, it was one of those career embarrassing moments. But um, I actually started, I was working with um, a guy called Robert. That's right. On this show. Yeah. Yeah. And he um, he was like, because I was trying to break into the acting industry and I knew I had something, but, you know, I didn't I didn't want to take on any roles that were just going to be just to get me out there because you always end up doing like a lot of like crap stuff just to, you know, stick on your portfolio to actually get someone to look at you. And um, yeah, me and Robert ended up chatting and um, I think, you know, after then he introduced me to Trev and Trev had the role of Weaver. And um, I think, yeah, we, me and Trev really clicked, I think, the first phone call we had. And, you know, ever since um, there's been like a proper bond. I guess Trev is like uh, my father of the movie, movie industry, I guess, in a way. He's like, that's a big compliment. Thank you, uh, Key. Uh, no, well, I, remember tr- that, I remember that well. It's, um, I think it's like... We had originally, I had someone in mind to play the part of Weaver. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, um, the guy bailed out of it. Um, and I was looking, obviously, for a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was kind of like, I mentioned it to Rob, Robert Scott. And Rob said, well, how about Keelan? Um, and uh, I knew I wanted a specific look for Weaver. Um, and, you know, that was very specific for me. And I kind of like had him in mind visually how I wanted him to look facially as well as, you know, his physicality as well. Um, and I took one look at Keelan and I thought, well, he certainly looks like, you know, how I want Weaver to look visually. Um, but, you know, can, that that's all well and good, but, you know, can somebody act, you know? so Yeah. And I guess it was kind of difficult because there was nothing really for me to show either at that time. So it was purely like from, from your end of the bargain, Trev, it was like purely trust. Actually, that I was perform, no, I think. yeah, that's true in a way. But there was footage that I did see of you because uh, I remember it quite well. And it was, I think it was just like it was some sort of um, earlier footage that you did 
uh, and you were in a house. I can't remember what it was called now. You were oh. in a house, and it was just you and somebody else. Um, and yeah, that sold it for me as that, well. That it came was, across um, being really natural. That was play, you remember what that was? Actually. Yeah, it was play by Twisted Showcase. I think okay. it was. Yeah. Um, it was actually written by, you know, Rick Briggs? I don't know if you know of him. No. Um, no. He's one of the writers of Doctor Who, and he wrote this short movie, and they produced it. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's why I think it's, that's why it's such a good story. And, um, yeah, that was my first ever short movie. First time I'd ever done another accent. I was doing, playing a British guy in that. And, as I that's say, right, I think yeah. it's... It's. I think it's since then that, like, as you well know, like every role I get, no matter who it's coming from, it's always I'm evil, I'm the psychopath, I'm the guy that's <laughs> fucked up, and you know, it's. I think it really started from there because press play was like the guy that was going through everything, and then since Weaver, you know, that Weaver's like, it's a really dark role, and and then you've got darker, and I, I just did one socio network. I was playing a sociopath, and yeah, I think. I think I'm going to be the villain of the movie world by the looks of things. <laughs> possibly, yeah. Possibly, you never know. But it's good to have something. Are you, all, there, are you okay with that, though, Keelan? Yeah, you know, I you mean, know what? I'd be fine. Not, not to sound um, a bit too eccentric, but um, I, I love going crazy on camera. Like that's what I do best is go fucking nuts. Um, mm-hmm. I think because um, the role of Weaver, it really brought out. Um, my actor's personality, I think, because I was given freedom to be a bit eccentric, be evil, be in people's face when I'm scaring people. And weirdly enough, I kind of got a thrill out of it. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I think it's where like, I've always pictured, you know, I could play a good role and stuff and it's something I want to do. But to play the hero wouldn't give me as much of a thrill as to play the villain. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. How did you first get into acting then? I mean, you know, what sort of age were you? What What was the moment when you realised, yep, this is exactly what I want to do? Well, it was only a really about two and a half, three years ago um, that I actually decided. Um, it was it, There was nothing that pushed me to acting other than my own kind of self-intrigue, I guess. Um, I was doing like IT and computing and, you know, I was designing games and stuff and you know, I ended up like I had a great job and stuff, and I kind of ended up dropping everything because it was kind of I wouldn't say a midlife crisis because it was only like nineteen, but um, I just kind of thought, is th- is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? Am I going to be passionate about coming to work every day? And the answer was no. So I went and actually did like I went back from a degree, did like an MVQ in media techniques behind the camera, and did like a little directing stuff. And, you know, I ended up helping other people with their projects and the other students. And I thought, I don't know, I just felt comfortable in front of the camera um, acting. And, you know, I thought, like, I really enjoyed it. And uh, my parents pushed me into this, like, local playhouse. And then from then, you know, I did, like, um, a little short writing and acting course. And ever since then, I've just been, this is the industry for me. And, you know, I've, I've never changed my opinion on that. It's... Yeah, I just worked my way down, moved to Liverpool, worked my way down to London. Um, in 2013, I got to London and just thought, well, I'll make a stab at this. Let's let's see what happens. And I've been successful, I guess, so far. So, yeah. You have, haven't you? Because you've, you've done a lot of modelling work as well. And that's yeah. kind of like brought you to the fore. Th- I think that's, um, you know, that's a really, people see that as a really weird thing. And I never took a step back to look at it like that because... It's rare that you get, you know, 
a, a great actor that can model properly and vice versa. Like models yeah. can never act usually. And, you know, they're only like in one field. And I, I think I'm dipping and dabbing in these things. Like I do a bit of writing, you know, I've directed before. And, you know, now I'm starting to um, go into a bit of presenting. And I think that's what really will, you know, help me excel, if anything. If, if the fact that my, my real aim is to become a household name. I don't want to just be an actor. I don't want to be a model. Um, but I, I genuinely am passionate equally about everything. And, um, yeah, I think that's what will make me stand out. You know, it's not just like, oh, this, this guy's an actor or this guy's a model. He's like, you know, I want to be able to, I seem to be doing quite well, at, you know, other things that I shouldn't really be good at. So, yeah, become become chameleon like. Just kind of yeah, every kind of social. I've uh, I've always kind of I've always kind of said in interviews as well. Like people have asked me, you know, what do you prefer, acting, modeling? Like I guess now it'll become presenting stuff like that. But they're they're completely different roles. I mean, you know, fashion's really about art and you know making shapes and stuff like that with your body, and it's kind of. Um, I did a bit of movement. Um, before I got into like TV and film act movement studies, and that that really brought out that in me. But acting, yeah, because um, yeah, you bought some movement, you bought some movement into a Weaver's character as well, which was good. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed that actually. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I noticed that I don't when miss I was much. on set and you were on set. You can see that you you're not you're not just like a personality there. You've got the whole movement thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I that was the first film set I was ever on was mm, the witch one right. uh, since then I've been on two more <laughs> um, and so for me it was fascinating I was trying to take everything in I was watching how people speak to Trev and how Trev mm-hmm. speaks to everybody else and just watching the whole thing of the of the, the day it's really hard talking about mm-hmm. witch because A I don't really know the whole script and B the bits I do know I don't talk about so it's, yeah. re- it's really hard publicising you guys I've <laughs> got to say but it's so much fun it's um, unique and you, yeah, it's a unique it's very very yes. unique I do enjoy it because people say oh, so how long have you been sort of publicising so, oh for about a year and a half couple of years whatever what's it about I have no idea <laughs> and they're like what thought you do the publicity yeah I do something um, but no you could see the movement in Weaver's character you and can, and uh, there's a scene that we've shot. Um, what was it? Mm-hmm. Um, Weaver's Lair, which we shot not all that long yes. ago. Um, and without giving too much away, Weaver's kind of he's up on high as uh, Sarah Grant's walking into this kind of disused kind of building, um, and it's kind of an area where Weaver kind of hangs out during the day. It's kind of his domain. Uh, and when bachelor she, pad. When, yeah, it's his little kind of you know <laughs> his little our man Flint little pad. Um, <laughs> Or Austin Powers, you know, depending on, on your age. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bond layer. Yeah. Yeah. So Sarah's kind of, as she walks in, she's kind of like looking around. She knows there's something not right within the room. Um, and when we first actually see Weaver, he's up on high and he's kind of on, on the, laying down on top of these racks. Uh, and Key kind of like, he did this movement as almost kind of like jerking himself away from the top, which kind of like made me a little bit scared because I was saying to him, look, you know, don't move too much because I don't want you falling off you know um, I, can, I can get so, quite brave with stuff like that that's right but uh, just, just the other week I was standing on the edge of a roof to take a photo that was, <laughs> that was nuts. oh that's for the promo shots yeah, yeah. that's right just, careful there Caelan the, the internet is full of pictures who you know this is the one before he fell off you know, <laughs> yeah. like not, but so. again just to go back to this scene um, and I kind of like, wanted what I did before we shot the scene we had Keelan going into makeup straight away um, which takes a good what, couple of hours now, isn't it, Key? Um, yeah. 
And when Zoe turned up, I didn't want Zoe to see him at all until That's we right. shot the scene. Um, so I wanted her to actually see him as we were rolling. So, you know, the fear factor would be kind of magnified somewhat because she doesn't know what he looks like now. And he's into kind of phase three of his makeup. I um, think it really um, adds to the intensity of it. I mean, because um, Zoe, who plays Sarah, um, in real life offset, she's genuinely like shit scared of Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and makeup so yeah. it really it really helped that you know she didn't you know four hours down the line after i got my makeup done and we just you know shoot instantly and um yeah she was shitting her pants like it was great <laughs> now was there any repeats of you just walking into a real life cafe in full makeup um, <laughs> like last time that's um, good i remember that yeah that's right yeah i think um i don't know did i i think the lot <laughs> la- la- i did it a few times you know as a bit of promotion and um, I think because the makeup looks so well, I don't look like so much of a fucking weirdo <laughs> walking around. <laughs> but it's really, you know, I had I had a lot of people being like, whoa, who done that makeup? And as soon as you, you know, that's, there's room to start, um, you know, promoting witch through that. And I think that's really good. But um, I think we, there was, a, I Instagrammed um, a really good promo shot of me and Trev actually, Eaten in the cafe. Oh, Do you yeah, remember, I remember that? that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think I labeled it Weaver Dines. And yeah. it was, yeah, it was. It, I remember kinda, when I, cool. I remember when we, I remember when we were sitting there, and I think well, I'm having a cup of tea. Like keys tucking into some food on a plate, and I'm like thinking, and I said to you at the time, then I said, "Are you gonna like? Were you gonna go into the the restroom or something and, and take the makeup off?" And Keelan turned and said, "No, no, no. I guess I'm going home with it. On, oh, I'm going. I'm getting on the tube with this." And I'm like thinking, "Okay, that'll scare a few kids on the way out." You know that? So, uh, funnily enough, that is exactly what happened. Mm, um, I remember. I was, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually, I was on, I was on the overground on the way home on the train, and um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna have people looking at me no matter what, like dressed in this <laughs> trench coat, coming with like blood all over my tank top and at least the least to say a fucked up face and um you know i'm sitting on this train and this kid is just staring at me like um (laughs) this little black kid and he's just his his eyes are just so wide and like he just looks feared (laughs) as hell and i i kind of forgot like i just forgot i had the makeup on yeah and you know like um i think at this stage i was actually just dressed in my normal clothes with weaver's face (laughs) <laughs> and um yeah i just i kind of looked over at the kid and i was like he looks so feared that i kind of like waved and smiled at him just to cheer him up and he just you know burst what, I, into I, tears you know what i would have done like an evil face i'd have been a bit more i was yeah but i forgot that I, I actually forgot i had the makeup on so after waving at him and he just like you could see him he was like Ooh, his mom and um i was kind of like oh shit like <laughs> That's it. He's growing up. As, he's growing up disturbed now. No, yeah, no he is. That, There'll be yeah. some sort of serial killer in like thirty years, and they'll catch him, and they go, "Why'd you do it?" He goes, "Well, I saw this man ago, on, I was on this train, <laughs> right?" And he just looked at me, and I was scared, and I, you know, yeah. I could never speak to other children again for some reason. It just disturbed me, and then I thought I was insane. Maybe I didn't see this scary man, so that's why I slaughtered thirty. You know, the release of which will come out, and you know, he'll end up seeing this, and this will be his nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make it the front page of the sun then, won't we? Yeah. Why? That's good publicity, though. Yeah, it is. is. True. Yeah. It's not bad, is it? In, in the worst possible way, it's good publicity. Yeah. yeah. Well, they always say no 
bad publicity is, or whatever the phrase is. Well, there's uh, no such it, thing as bad publicity, as they say. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I was looking for. So, how hard is it, or what's your method for getting back into character? Because, Trev, you're shooting which when you can get everybody together and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so for you, Keelan, how hard is it to get back into character? Well, um, I actually, you know, at the start it was very, very hard because, I mean, with with which it's like, you know, we had a few rehearsals in that, but we kind of dove straight in. When people are ready, we just go and, you know, the wherever the on-screen chemistry is, it's on the day that, you know, sometimes like we're all, we'll have our own rehearsal times, you know, singularly and, you know, we'll... we'll the bond will just be like an instant bond from all the other characters that, you know, we, we don't actually know how they're going to react to what we're saying, but it just always works. And that, that's something that's great, you know, about the witch family, as they call it, is that there's such a strong bond between the characters. I mean, I did a read, uh, um, you know, we did a read through for um, Darker the other day. I don't want to go off topic, but um, the girl that was playing my sister in that, I'd met her for the first time and there was just, like, there was an instant connection, like on-screen chemistry, you can tell with both of us. Yeah. And um, that's something you get with every character in which, and I find it like, you know, even when I was acting with um, Richie, there was, he, he said to me before, like one of our like really intense scenes, he was like, just go for it, just go full throttle, just don't tell me what you're going to do. And the scene is where I like grab him by the throat and start threatening him. And I went full steam. And Richie, you could see on the camera, he was shitting his pants. Like after <laughs> it, when the camera, when the camera's caught, he still had that look in his face. And he was like, that was scary, man. It's and, funny, somewhere Richie's listening to this going, I wasn't scared. I was acting, <laughs> God's sake. Yeah, he's like, scared of Weaver. <laughs> but I mean, um, but going back to topic, I mean, it, it, it can be difficult, but it can be a very good thing as well. I mean, it gives us time to really get to know. I've, I've, I've got time to really know, get to know Weaver. And that's been really nice. I mean, because I'm finding out the story bit by bit as well. Um, I think that, you know, since I fully characterized Weaver and since I fully characterized him, this was after the first few scenes I shot. So it's quite, you know, relevant to say that I'm now at a point where you could literally give me lines and I'll go on screen tomorrow. And I, I know I could act it well because I know I, I genuinely know Weaver. And yeah. that's the kind of thing I do with my characters. And because I get so many parts that are really messed up, um, weirdly enough um which is quite scary for me in real life that i get so into the character easily um you know people some people with some of the roles i've got coming up people are going to look at me as a person and be like this guy is fucked up <laughs> you know like the heath ledgers and stuff like that they're they're a bit messed yeah. up in the head and i don't like to think that of myself but i know i portray this kind of role really well like the psychopath and demon role and and what are they all the all the roles you're getting are just psychopaths? Yeah, literally everything. Really? I mean, the only other role that has not been psycho like I'm playing um, in August and uh, there's a film called Deadly Game. I'm playing um, another demon, a guy that gets taken over by this entity in his body, and um, he becomes a different person, much like Weaver. And you know, in Darker, I'm playing someone that is psychologically just I think damaged is a very lighthearted way of saying it. He's he just goes off the rails, like his brain is twisted. And, you know, I just played Socio Network. I'm playing a sociopath that is catfishing woman. Um, mm -hmm. I've played a rapist. Um, I've played, 
Oh my god! In in the next few weeks, um, in a movie um, called uh, what's it called again? Metal. I'm actually playing a drug dealer, which is um, that's probably the best role I've played. But he ends up, he, I guess he's kind of like a good one in the movie, but I've I can kind of see myself going a bit dark with it because it's a very dark movie do you know what i mean it's not like a light-hearted there's gonna be a hero or whatever so yeah um here's an interesting one for you though caitlin is this the roles that you're getting have you auditioned for like nice roles you know basically is it something dark that these casting people see and you're going he's perfect for the dark yeah i think it is and i have done before um Believe it or not, um, and this is weird to say, because I haven't been in the industry long, I've I've genuinely not done many auditions. Um, I just seem I just seem to get picked up and people trust me, which has been so. I think that's why I've risen so much in my portfolio, like uh, um, you know, as an actor, because I didn't have anything to show at the start, and people I think people just saw something in me, and um, you know, it's it's been really nice for me to be able to go straight indie, like like Weaver. As I said, you know, Trev, you really just trusted me in this role. Mm-hmm. And I really hope it delivered because, you know, this is Weaver is something that was genuinely a dream role. And to have that as my first big role was like phenomenal. Um, I you think know, what it is, I, I think what it is, certainly in, in my instance, Keys, like when we first met, I remember we went uh, to a coffee shop and we first met, it was your, yeah. your commitment and your whole attitude, how keen you were. So like to to get involved, I think that is probably what uh, gets you all these parts, and and you say mm-hmm. that people trust you. I think it's definitely all about attitude and and the right approach. You, yeah. When I met you and we had this coffee, and this is quite a funny story as well. So we're chatting away, and I knew Key was Irish, obviously, um, yeah. but I didn't I didn't imagine Weaver to sound Irish. So yeah, we're having we're having a good chat, and. Um, you know, we're talking about all different types of characterization. And then Key turned around and says, oh, what are you thinking about kind of accent? And I said, well, I don't really, you know, without, you know, don't take offense to this, but I don't imagine him speaking Irish. Yeah. And Key turned, says, mm-hmm. Key turned around and says, well, I can do an English accent, no problem. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And he just went in and done it. And it was kind of like, it just nailed it for me. And I'm just like thinking, bloody, how <laughs> talented is this guy? You know, it's just like, that was, that was excellent. So, oh, really? yeah, I mean. When he uh, when he said I can do English accent, was there a little part of you that was a little bit nervous? You're like, oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I then, thought, yeah. oh, here we go, Bob Hoskins time. You know, it's going to be Bob Hoskins <laughs> or something. But no, yeah. it was it was really good. It was really good. And like even to this day, like when um when we were on set doing scenes, and Key suddenly turns into this Cockney character, it just like cracks me up <laughs> a lot. But um, but, yeah, that, that was really great. I mean, his commitment that day, you know, is is you know, he was really kind of up for the role and. Uh, also mentioned about he liked to do a bit of method acting as well, really getting into the role. Um, yeah, definitely sold it for me. But it's 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 his whole personality. It's his you know it's his um, kind of like it's his nice attitude and that. And he really wants to get involved. And he brings a lot of ideas as well, which is always a good thing. Um, and Keelan's also a little bit like Zoe, asking twenty questions on set when we're <laughs> shooting, which is you know that's great because it's yeah. always you know it's always experimentation. What we can do with this shot, what we can do with that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's all good. So, yeah, I mean, when we first met, I was I definitely knew that I had my Silas Weaver, so that was great. 
Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of it was kind of weird for me because, as I say, you know, the whole thing with being instantly trusted in the industry, and it's not it's not an industry that trust comes easily either. Um, especially because the fact that, as I mentioned before, like I'm coming, I had no showreel, I didn't really have any genuine feature film experience. You know, as I said, like I had that little short movie, and you know, I had a bit to show, but I always thought like it wasn't enough, and to be able to for me as well to for for me to say oh i can do an english accent and you just say right let's go with it um is is, is a big trust for like because because which is essentially i mean you've done a lot of shorts trev but which is your baby at the minute and yeah. you know that's what you're really warming up to everything's leading up to this and for you to kind of just trust me without really seeing what i could do was mm. really nice for me and um you know as like and I seen you were pretty happy with what I'd done. Because Weaver's kind of ye old English, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just yeah. I mean, you you gave him you gave Weaver your own identity, which was spot on for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you mentioned that you put a bit of Heath Ledger in there as well, like Joker sort of tonality. I, yeah, I literally combined um, Heath Ledger's Joker, um, Johnny Depp's um, Jack Sparrow, and I'm not sure the name of the guy, but the guy that does Worm Tongue. In uh, oh yeah, uh, Brad. Uh, Lord of the Rings, that's the one, yeah. So it's literally a combination of that with my own twist. Because, I mean, um, Weaver has a lot of conflict. You know, some of the characters he's talking to, he may be being, like, slightly... Well, it, it kind of overly, I guess, sarcastic because, you know, he's really patronizing some of the people that are powerful in it, yeah. even when he's not as powerful as them. But, you know, you've got these people that he's really trying to scare the shit out of as well. Mm. And, you know... That's something you've seen in a few scenes that have gone full out demonic, as well yeah. as having that Jack Sparrow esque kind of comedy to the character as well, mm-hmm. um, which adds a little creepiness. And I think the whole worm tongue of getting right up in people's faces and touching them and licking my lips and stuff like that has been yeah, definitely yeah. It's been it's been an interesting thing to characterize for, but I think. Um, I've gone. I've gone. Re- I was kind of thinking at the start, am I being too eccentric? But with that kind of character, you can never be too eccentric. That's right. Yeah. No, I mean, do you think you will you miss Weaver when when you know when the closes scaling? It's been. Yeah. I think I'll always look back on the character of Weaver. I mean, it's been something really interesting, and you know, I've been given so much creativity with this role that it's enabled me able enabled me to kind of you know make weaver unique and as trev said give him this identity and i think that um yeah it's weaver somewhere is someone that's really close to my heart i've literally characterized him like he is when when i become weaver on set i really feel a bond with myself as crazy as that sounds and it's a character i'll I'll never forget, to say the least. It's it's, it's been my favorite my favorite thing I've ever done as an actor is play Weaver. Really has. I think I think with Weaver, it's like every time you're going to see him on screen, he's going to make damn sure that you're paying attention. He's one of these characters yeah. in a film that when you see him, you're just going to be glued to the screen because he's so unpredictable in what he's going to do next. Yeah. But the but it's all that's all in the performance as well. So credit to Key for that. You never know how he's yeah. going to be. He's, he can be fairly random. He, he can be ruthless. And as Key just said, he can be quite funny as well. So there's all these elements going on. But I designed the story so that every time you see Silas Weaver, 
he's he's this guy who you're kind of going to love to hate and you want to see more <laughs> of what he's going to be doing um so yeah i mean he hasn't got there all in all there's not a lot of screen time for a bad guy i don't think yeah personally, anyway there, there are quite a few scenes of weaver in it but it's not as if you see him for like three quarters of the film or anything but when yeah. you do see it when you do see him you're not going to forget what you're what you what you see that's kind of like how i wanted it to be and yeah i'm I mean, we need a sp- we need a spin-off film. We need Weaver, you know, yeah, like, like Marvel are doing with their universes. We need a witch universe, I think. Yeah, yeah we can have the Swinford Chronicles or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, I mean, um, sort of similar question for yourself, Trev. Which has consumed your life for? Is, I mean, how many years? I say pff, at least a year and a half, probably yeah. a little bit more that you and I have been speaking. Yeah, that's just kind of like conception and production. I mean, I, I wrote the story really about six years ago. So it's always kind of been one of these projects that I wanted to get off the ground, but I just never really had the team um, or the proper professional team to get it off the ground. Um, and that's what's so good about social network sites because, you know, you you can get a lot of actors from, from that now. And, you know, um, yeah, it's been a long haul, obviously, Um but yeah, I'm like really happy with how it's going. It's it's taking a while, but you know that's the nature of indie films when you're kind of doing it this way. As I mentioned previously, it's it's the nature in how we're shooting because we're trying to keep all the secrets intact. We don't want too much of the story going online because you know we don't want to spoil it for everyone. We don't want all the secrets getting out yeah. at once. Um, so it's a very unique way of filming it, and you know unfortunately it takes longer to do it that way. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like every scene I've, I've written, I've, I've edited another scene today called. Uh, um, oh God, I, I can't even remember now because I'm having a bit of a hot day. I'm sweating. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's the new scene with Gary Shaw in it. Um, and he plays kind of like this messenger that comes out of the woods and it, it does look really scary. Uh, Harbinger, that's what it's called. Um, so that was that was script edited and sent out to people today, Zoe, Louis and Gary. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's ongoing still. We've, we're getting there, though. We're kind of like we're seeing the final third of the film. Um, we've got left to do so yeah it's it's been say six years writing it and having it stored away in you know in in your computer or kind of like in your drawer or whatever um and then just you know full production filming it and getting a full cast together um it's it's been a trek obviously but uh it's it's looking really good so i'm pleased with it and for kind of like for future thing as well there's there's always been kind of like more than one story to which because it's kind of like it's such a big story um there's always been other elements to it as well so um there may be more to come but again we've got to see how the first film does I and mean, if it doesn't do particularly well then you know we may not do anything else but if it does do well and you know it's it's kind of quite successful um then i can probably go with the second idea because it's like a trilogy to the whole witch kind of background but um yeah i mean it's great it's great i'm really happy with our people have have been in the film as well it's been really cool um of course the only bind is trying to get everyone together when you need them so locking a date down can be a bit difficult at times but everyone's been superb you know and we've got some really good sort of footage all done Nice. Now, where does the trench coat live, Keelan, when it's, when it's not being filmed? Who has the coat? Well, um, I mean, Paul, the producer, he's had it um, a few times. As It's been like, it can be quite a lot to trek around with you. 
Because um, you, you probably notice, Trev, every time I come on set, I just come with this huge bag. I always yeah, have everything yeah. with me. I'm always over-prepared. Um, but usually I do take it home. Um, it lives in my wardrobe. I've got literally it hung up and sheathed in like, um, you know, one of those um, suit covers. And it's literally like som- sometimes I just go to my wardrobe and unzip it just to look at it. It's like this. Have you been in Planet Hollywood before? Where they have uh, those kind I of, have, yeah. they might have like uh, the James Bond suit or the Terminator costume. And it feels like that every time I open my wardrobe and just see it. Because I've, I've got all my clothes, like there's literally like, it's, there's a gap between all my clothes and Weaver's costume. So it kind of stands out when I open it and it makes me yeah. just, I just feel like I want to kill people. So it's open the wardrobe. <laughs> it's got your legacy there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got your, I've got, I've always got your weapon here, your, your yeah. side sick or whatever it is. I've got, I'm, I'm just like getting a, a room full of props at the moment from the film, um, so that's cool. Uh, but also, I just want to say a, a big uh, shout out to Ruth as well that does uh, Keaton's uh, makeup for yeah, Weaver. Yeah, I mean, she's done a fantastic she, job as well. she is literally fantastic. I've never, um, how she's built up the, the makeup and the contouring with the, you know, like the angles even on my skin that she, how she's painted it it just it, it's nothing like i expected and when when we when we mentioned that you know weaver was going through a transition um it's as much as much as a will say but you know what what she's done with it is something it's something to watch out for i mean it's it it is scary i'm not gonna lie even when i look in the mirror you know just when i've had my makeup done because i'm sitting there for four hours not looking at anything and you know i go to the bathroom halfway through and it's like whoa it's not even me <laughs> hmm. i mean i noticed when you were having your makeup put on in uh, in the forest location that we were at yeah it was you you just seemed to just zone out you were yeah it was like so it's like somebody switched you off for a little while <laughs> while ruth worked her magic i've done um i was shooting an advert last year um for like a fitness project or a product or whatever it was and um they actually gave me the ter- they, they gave me the title mannequin man because um, basically we were they were setting up the lighting and as you know like Trev yourself I always want to help on set and I can't yeah. stand still you know whether it's lifting something or trying to help with something and so I was like you know I was helping them with the lighting and um, they were just they just told me to stand still in my location and I mean for about twenty minutes I was barely even blinking it was just standing there. And I like my mind can just switch off when I'm on set. I don't know what it is about the atmosphere, the atmospherics when I'm on set, but I can just switch off. And you know that that's how I find it easily to switch characters on set. And um, yeah, they gave me the title Mannequin Man because I didn't move for 20 minutes. <laughs> so hmm. um, I think that's something that I really um, that really comes in handy when I'm on set. Is you know even um, you've probably noticed Trev when I'm. I may be doing a movement or something, and Carl, the the DOP, he'll just ask me. He'll just ask me to freeze on the spot while yeah. he fixes a focus or angle. And I always, I try not to move any part of my face, even yeah. if I'm snarling my lip. It'll stay snarl until he's ready. <laughs> yeah, it got a bit of method in there as well. I think you got to be very disciplined, don't you? In yeah, it's like. yeah. There's a lot of discipline, and actually, you know when you're on set and when you have to like freeze, I mean, cause it, it makes it so much easier and fluid for like the cameraman, I think. 
And yeah. because I've worked behind the camera before, I kind of understand these techniques, which is why I try so hard to help them out because I know the continuity of something can, you know, it can really mess up just with one little thing. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. And I mean, also that's something that will help um, in your modeling work as well. Oh, de definitely. The sort of ability. Now, did you have that before you did the modeling, which enables you to do the modeling as well as the acting? Or is you know, is that something natural that you've always had? I think I think I would say it's something natural because when it came to modeling, um, I was I was just able to do it. I guess um, one thing um, I don't know if you've ever noticed before, like when I'm on camera and particularly even off camera, like sometimes, and this, this is going to sound nuts coming from someone, but I I don't blink much. I don't know if you've noticed that, Trev. Um, um, no, I don't, I don't think I've really been there to notice it to be fair i don't though. i don't actually blink much and um you sometimes i'm even out and about and i'll be talking to someone and you know how people kind of look around them when they're talking every so often yeah they don't keep themselves and sometimes i keep really focused on the person i'm talking to and one person <laughs> said to me this it really creeped them out so sometimes i'm chatting to people and i forcefully make myself like look around or blink <laughs> Which sounds really weird, but it's it's been you know it really helps me on camera, and um, the fact that I can just keep, you know, I don't really have to um, use a method to keep myself you know looking in the one place or concentrating or whatever or not not to blink, you know, during a photo and yeah, that's something that I think it's something I've always really had, so. It sounds like there's a darkness in there. What do you reckon, Trev? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Maybe that's why yeah. I'm getting all these psycho parts. Could be. I've definitely got to give him the roll because he scared me and, and I don't want to die. So let's just give him a roll. Oh, in the Welcome to Swinford trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. He didn't look so happy in that towards the end, Stu. Yeah, he didn't look. Uh, he looked a little bit frightened when he got his, uh, <laughs> got his sickle out. You didn't. Uh, wasn't a, a, a ride in the park for you, it was a. I'm just glad it wasn't really, really sharp. That's that's all I'm glad of. Yeah, I had to blunt that. Bit, I, remember, um, I remember buying it. I'm glad you... Oh, was it? It's it like a razor when I bought it. Seriously, you, I got it off do you know, Amazon. Do, do you know what's funny when you mention that, Trev? Um, the day you actually shipped it in, we were doing... Or a few days before, we were doing a read-through um, for Witch and a bit of Darker. Um, and you had the sickle in the house. You sh I think it was for Darker, actually, and you showed yeah, me the sickle. Fun. And it wasn't blunted by that time. Yeah, and I was kind of messing around with it, you know, flicking it around my hands and, you know, twisting it about, making it look cool, and you just sort of getting a feel of it. And um, you know when I got home, and I didn't actually notice this, mm. my fingers were shredded up. Really? Um, they weren't <laughs> cut or anything, but literally like a, a layer or two of skin. It just, it literally looked like... I had just grabbed a pair of scissors and just squeezed them or something. It was yeah. You it was just probably a bit... grabbed the probably grabbed the serrated part of the blade because there was loads of there's like hundreds of serrations in the yeah, blade. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how actually sharp that was, and it's really handy that you did. Um, I guess obviously for safety reasons, there was no way you couldn't do it. Oh, I but... had to. I, I remember buying it online and it came and I kind of it was wrapped up in like tracing paper of all things. I remember kind of wow. like take, taking it off and. I'm thinking, well, that looks really... Because I got this particular sickle or scythe or whatever you want to call it because it, it looked old. It looked like it wasn't... I mean, there were so many online with yeah. red handles and it looked really modern. But this particular one looked really old and ancient. 
Uh, so I thought, well, I've got to get that one. And when it turned up, it was razor sharp. I mean, it had all these kind yeah. of serrations. The point at the end was like, it was a massive point. It looked like a bloody spear. So I thought, there's no way that I'm going to, I'm going to use that in any scene. You know, even I need- say, sorry, even saying that though, um, after you blunted it, I mean, I've been, remember I fired it at a tree and it just stuck in. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah. I remember that. And I'm thinking, uh, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's still, going right around your neck. Yeah, I mean, I took it into my, my day job place and uh, we got a tool maker called Den. Uh, and I said, Den, look, can you blunt this blade for me? Because I'm using it in the film. I can't have, you know, the actor, you know, wielding it around when it's when it's so sharp. So he says, well, I'll have a go, but hopefully, you know, I won't break it or snap it because it's kind of it's kind of brittle in a way. The handle's yeah. very kind of, you know, weird. Yeah. But yeah, he did it. But he still he took the point off as well. But there is still a slight point there, so that's why. It, yeah. What would have gone into the tree quite It's a really um I, like I, I don't know how like obviously um you know I don't want to give too much away, but you know like um for weavers like am I allowed to say anything about his previous state? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think like, I think most people know kind of like a little bit of the backstory that weavers yeah. was like is he that, was a, um, a dirt farm. Yeah, him being a farmer and, you know, the whole sickle thing. But, like, the way it works out, you know, and as I say this, like, it started as a dream role and it just got better and better and better. Because um, I have a typical kind of, like, out in the day, like, cutting crops or whatever kind of costume on. And then this trench coat came and a rusty sickle. And I just <laughs> fell in love with Weaver. Like it was after that point, it was it was love at first sight. After that costume came on, I mean, it's so badass looking. Like, and you know the the fact that I'm quite comfortable, you know, throwing the sickle around and doing tricks with it. That I can make, you know, I've, I've as I said, you know, with a movement kind of thing. I've done a bit of movement before, and I really I really embrace that with Weaver because I see yeah. him as. You know, I, I was much moving as someone like Spider Man some of the times, and it yeah, just yeah. it just works. I think. Yeah, it does. I mean, I always kind of. I mean, for me, you're not really going to see too much of it in the film. You'll just see, kind yeah. of like, But like for me, Weaver's kind of. He's, he's got issues as well. You know, every character in the film's got an issue, and it's primarily based on fear, which is what the film's about. It's, it's about people's fears and you know, how the fear, the fear originates during, you know, the younger years and brings it out into adulthood. But everybody yeah. has got that kind of, that trait going through the film. And, and Weaver wasn't always bad. You know, he, was, he, was, yeah. he wasn't kind of like what he became. Um, he was kind of like a farmer who, who lived in Swinford, who was, you know, an important part of the community until some particular event happened. And without any fault of his own, he turned into what he suddenly became. So for me, Weaver's always had some sort of tragic element to it. Um, yeah. But we're not really going to see too much of of the old Weaver, we because that's that's for another time. But when we when we see him, we're just going to see him in his demonic phase. But there is more, a lot more to Silas Weaver than people are going to actually realise, which is yeah. great because he's a, he's a very multi layered character, and I, and I like using multi layered characters. And there's a few of them in which that's what makes. Yeah. Right, the character's so appealing to to the actors. I think it's because they never really know how their character's going to end up. They never they get a rough idea of how they're going to act in certain scenes, but it may all suddenly change in the next sequence I send them. So it's kind of it's very unpredictable. I I kind of um, you know like Trev like I'm not 
<laughs> certainly not buttering you up or anything but you're you're a fantastic writer and you know when i when i kind of every every time and i said this in my interview for which is every time i turn the page of the script it's like i'm reading my favorite book and you know you really get like I really get close to Weaver as a character and I kind of feel sorry for him some of the stuff that happens but I think one of the things that you touch base with in the movie that not many people it's it's a very brave thing to do um in this kind of movie but you know you expose the fears of the villain so to speak and yeah. you know that's something he faces throughout that and that's something you never see you know the bad guy is always the high and mighty guy the does whatever and then you know faces a final battle at the end but you know and this is he's really got um i think that's why you'd love to hate him because you feel you feel sorry for him in a way but you're also like oh what a cunt you know (laughs) (laughs) i mean what was the decision behind that trev you know like go into a little bit about why you decided to sort of take that avenue with weaver um what to give what you mean to give him multi-layered kind of characterization yes Yeah, um, and to have sort of, you know, you kind of like him, but you really don't, and, you know, that sort of thing, rather than go down the regular route of he's just, like, a Darth Vader from the from the original <laughs> Star Wars. I think, thing. I mean, a lot of credit has got to be given to Key, you know, because of what he's brought to the role. You know, I can only write the words so, and, you know, just hope the actor can kind of make it to how I want it to, to be. And, you know, Keelan's, you know, surpassed that. He's made the character his own. Um and that's all due to him because, you know, I, I think other actors would have had a lot of difficulty playing this role. And I'm, I'm not just saying that because he's on tonight, but I, I firmly believe that it takes a bloody good actor to play a role like this. And some people will say, well, you know, it's very easy to play like a bad guy in a film. And, yeah, it can be. But a one dimensional character, sure, but not someone who's got so many personality traits as what Weaver's got. And that takes you know, a, a high amount of skill for me, certainly. So I knew I'd need to find someone special to play the part of Weaver because I, he was one character that I did not want any detraction from how I was writing. Um, I really kind of wanted him to be exactly as I wrote him down on the page uh, because he needed to be. He needed to be really central, uh, very focused and kind of unpredictable as well. And I knew it would be really difficult to to find someone who would play that part and and you know Key's done remarkably well and to such a degree now that I can't imagine anybody else playing him that's the thing that's that's when you know an actor's as good as what he is I mean at first it was really nice because you know when we started talking and um, we had just met up and we had that coffee and that and you know I I asked you I don't know maybe a million times of what you want from Weaver and all you gave me was just I want to see what you come up with yeah so essentially you know me going out and you know going back home and literally i I messed about with a few different you know kinds of characteristics and stuff but weaver kind of came instantly to me like i just knew what to do with him after i read his bio never mind the script and um when when this came out and you know like trev you you came to me and you were like you know this is exactly how i pictured weaver and i think that's um, that was something that, you know, I was really happy about that because everyone in which they have this kind of bond, as I say, and people just get it. And Trev, you don't tell them much about their characters, but even like when I'm reading the script and I haven't yet met the actor playing this character I'm with, they just deliver exactly what I read on script. 
Yeah, and it's yeah. it's really it's really hard to do that because it never happens usually. That's right. I mean, from the off, don't get me wrong, uh, it's not in completely psychic. Um, I did kind of like from from the beginning, I sent people like character profiles of, you know, obviously you can't, you, you need, I mean, a lot of good actors come around and say, well, you know, give me a character profile. What's this character about? Yeah. You know, begin, beginning, middle and end sort of thing. What's their aims? What, what, what you know, how they're going to end up sort of thing. What's their intent? You know, what's happened before this scene's happening and all that. So individually for all the main characters I wrote, not an extensive character profile, but something that would give them an idea. And I made it deliberately short and sweet because I I love working with actors, especially really bloody good ones. Um, and I, I really do like to see what the actors are going to bring to the roles. But I also know that when something isn't right or when it isn't working or whether they've just gone a little bit too far, I'll know when yeah. to pick them up about it and say, well, that's okay, but we need to pull back a bit on that because it's not exactly how I, how I wanted it to be. So everyone did have a rough idea of their character, kind of like what the what the whole issues were with them. Um, and, yeah, I gave everyone a lot of leeway to come in. We did a big kind of rehearsal. Uh, we had mm -hmm. a big group We had a big group meeting before. I think it was before we met you, Key, um, with a lot of the main cast. And, you know, we, we did a... Uh, we read a few sides there as well, which I'd specially written. I didn't even take them from the screen, from the actual script. I wrote them separately as well because I was that paranoid. I didn't want to get any of the story out, even to the actors at that point. So I wrote completely new sides that weren't even in the film um, and to see how they would perform them. And, and everyone was remarkable on that day. So everyone had an idea exactly of how their characters should be. But, you know, I say to most people, you know, just just come in and show me what you can do. You know, how do you think you're going to perform this scene? You know, like today I've sent a sequence out to, to three actors. Um, one of them, Gary Shaw, you know, he's, he's never been in the film before. Um, and he's going to bring to the role, whatever he brings to it. Mm -hmm. So it's all down to kind of like what the actors can bring to the roles. But I know it's like a sixth sense. I kind of like know whether it's going to work or whether it's not. Um, but nine times out of ten, it always does work, which is, you know, it's testament to the actors for that. Now, you'd mentioned a character profile. Now, you can either make one up or use a genuine one. It's totally up to you, Trev. But what would an example of a character profile be that you would send out to somebody? Just, I mean, there'll be a lot of people listening who aren't familiar with these character profiles and may get scared by the, the, the knowledge that they might get sent. So what sort of details would be in one? Well, obviously, it's based upon the genre, the nature of the film that you're working on. If you were writing a comedy, then it would just be something funny. But with which, obviously, it's very kind of very secretive. So what I would say to them is, OK, well, this is your character, say, Glenn Palmer, which Edwards is playing him. Um, I'll give him, like, Glenn's background, kind of what happened before we even see him in the film. I think that's very important with every character, really. I don't think a lot of people do this now. They just go into the actual story and then how it's going to end up. But I like the history of the characters, you know, how they suddenly came to be before we even see them. So when I send someone a character profile, it would certainly be, okay, well, this is what happened before we've seen you. This is the history of the character you're playing. So there'll be the history. Then obviously there'll be the, the present of what that character's so like involved with now and also the future of the aim of where that character is hoping to end up and how he's going to influence the story um, and it's all about influence as well so yeah it's that's literally how i do it with which i mean something else like darker which you know keys in as well it's very different for me because we've got a full script for that there's no real secrets to it um 
whereas with which there's plenty so it's kind of completely different concept but you know which is as i keep saying it's a one-off it's very kind of secretive in a way with story and characterization so yeah i mean that's how i do it it's kind of just think of the history the present and the future now to sort of use a big screen example would this be like if you did the first star wars film in 77 you would send dave browse this thing going right you're you're the the villain of the galaxy however as a small boy you did this blah 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 you grew up um you fell into a lava pit and then became vader type thing yeah or is it is that basically the sort of thing yeah i think i think might have in it? yeah i think you got it really in a nutshell there Stu. It's, it's just literally the history and i mean i don't know how much george would have given away because originally he had nine stories for the star wars uh I remember reading he had nine, not six. Um, So it would obviously be down to the director or the writer how much you want to give away. But, um, yeah, the methods are kind of like there. You know, it's just kind of, well, this is what you need to know about your character. And also, you know, a good actor will will fire 20 questions back at you within five minutes. I mean, with Zoe, it's about 50 in two seconds. (laughs) But... But, yeah, I mean, it's all good. I, I love all the feedback because, you know, the actors are, are that committed. They, you know, they want to know more about it, which is great because it proves that they're getting into it. And, and that can only reflect upon, you know, when we're filming and, and how good it's going to look on screen. And, Keelan, you mentioned you mentioned uh, building a character. Is yes. this something that you do in your house, in private, behind closed doors? You build your character up? Or is it something that you would do in front of somebody else going, which one do you think works? Um, um, I would say um, both, but I would swing more towards um, doing it alone. Um, as I said before, you know, I can be quite eccentric and, you know, sometimes, and this, this, this sounds messed up, but, you know, sometimes I may be just walking past a mirror and I'll kind of back up and be Weaver for a second. And <laughs> just, just to kind of like, it, it just keeps me, you know, it keeps me on point with the character in a way because, you know, when, when we're doing something like Witch and, you know, a lot of the scenes can be far apart and I might not be in a few of the scenes that they're filming and, you know, I have to keep... We, for me, when I method act, it's something you have to keep up. You can't just... You know, it, it, it's like, you know, any anybody in real life, do you know what I mean? If you start trying to become someone else, eventually you're going to become someone else. You can't yeah. just drop it and go back after a while, you know? And that's something that... It's almost like, um, you know, controlling a split personality in a way, uh, method acting. And um, I know it's a weird way of putting it, but, you know, I kind of, when I, I meditate a lot when I characterize. And, you know, I find that if you can have a clear mind, then it's easier to lose self in a way for that time. And I don't like to be going out like I still know I'm Keelan. At the end, you know, when I'm, even when I'm on camera, I want to be this character, and I want because I want it to be real as possible, really. And you know, when you're doing TV film, it may be different with theater, but you know, TV and film is very up close and it's very personal, and you know, every little thing um, kind of counts. And you know, it may be just a movement of the eyebrow or something, but when you're really in the character, you can, you know, I find it, I find it easier to improvise really well, and that's something I think is um, vital for um, characterization is being able to improv as the character, because I've always kind of said that, you know, if you can improvise on the spot as the character you're playing, then you're not ready to go on set. 
good. And that's really how I see it, yeah. Um, so m- mainly, um, back back to the question, I guess, I'm doing a politician's answer at the minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I, do, um, I do find it easier to do it on my own. I think I... Because I still, believe it or not, you know, I'm not camera shy, but I'm people shy. And, you know, if I'm acting in front of just, like, it's kind of weird because I'll go on the camera and Trev, you'll know, I'll just, like, straight away I'm in character, I'll get it done. But when I'm in front of people, I get a bit shy first, unless it's someone I, you know, know really, really well, or it's a colleague that I'm working with. Yeah, and, that's uh, understandable. Yeah, I can get that. Well, I, 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 I do, I do like to... Um, kind of let loose sometimes in my room um i think it's you know a lot of the time especially with darker because it's so um it's so psychological that you know it's something that i had to wrap my brain around first and uh, we had a phone call um last year about this when i was characterizing trev and you know it did say to you like i need i need to take a break at some point from actually characterizing because it's a very very intense story yeah when you're sitting watching live panic attacks for a month straight and then listening to Trev and Zoe and that telling me what their experiences are. It can, it can mess with your head a bit. It mm. really can. And I think, you know, the likes of, you know, actors like, um, as we go back to Heath Ledger himself, like, you know, a, a role like the Joker, he, he really did take that seriously and methodizing it. And he got, he got taken away in a way with that character, didn't he? And I think, um, that's where the meditating comes in for me is it, it's you, you need to be able to kind of calm your mind and know where you kind of are and i think that's what brings out the character more yeah so yeah, there's, there's a certain point where you need to kind of be able to switch off as well otherwise you're just kind of totally goofy, yeah. You? Yeah, yeah totally I, I mean you need to get back to your own self um, yeah definitely a lot of actors, as I say, see it as like this split personality, as I kind of see it, and you know, it can almost you can almost become this kind of thing if you're not careful. So it can be dangerous, I would imagine. Yeah, you can yeah. get so kind of obsessive by a, by a, a certain mm-hmm. kind of condition. Yeah, certainly, I would agree with that as well. Next thing you know, you're scaring small children on subway. <laughs> that's that's where it could lead, really, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely yes. So what have you guys got planned for the next coming weeks then? You know, we've touched upon some of it, but Keelan, what you what you up to um, in the well, very near um, future? I'm always pretty busy. I mean, I've got like my model and stuff going on. Um, got some catwalks. I'm doing like catwalks for um, cancer research, Macmillan. Um, I'm doing uh, I'm doing like a, a modeling for Mac Cosmetics. I'm sure you've heard of them. Um, so that should be fun. And um, on the acting side, which is, I, I guess, what this is kind of all about, it's what you want to hear. Um, so we got Witch, you know, coming up, um, a few scenes being organized. We've got, we started reading through for Darker. And I think we really want to get off off the trail with that very soon, within the next month or two. Yeah. And I've got Metal, as I mentioned um, before, where I'm playing the drug dealer. That's coming up in two weeks. Um, we start filming. And I've got, I've, 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 I've got a release tomorrow, actually. Social Network's out tomorrow, um, which is quite exciting. Uh, out, out tomorrow where? Where can people... Online, um, YouTube. If you visit um, my fan page, which Stuart here will kindly kindly um, mention somewhere, 
Um, I, will. I think I can manage that. What do you reckon, Trev? Yeah, why not? Will you be posting it? You'd be posting a link to it as well, wouldn't you, Key? It'll be on my Twitter. It'll be on my fan page. Um, it'll be up on YouTube as well. So, um, cool. Yeah, I'll be posting that around. And yeah, I've got some quite exciting things. I'm filming some things in August, and I've got a few um, auditions coming up. And I'm waiting to hear back from a seriously big role, which is all I'll say. So. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. You know, it's nice to be able to juggle both the modeling and acting because they kind of keep me grounded having both um, in the industry. So, yeah, I'm, as I say, I'm always busy. I don't like to be sitting on my ass. Then I think, what the hell am I doing with myself? So, now, what do you do when you're not acting? I mean, you mentioned Ed then that uh, all we want to hear about the acting, but we also want to hear from the person. So, what do you do? What are your leisure things? Do you, are you a video gamer or read books or maybe? Um, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, um, I used to actually design games, so I'm, I'm a massive geek. Um, you know, it's been seldom now that I actually sit down on an Xbox or something, because um, I haven't had the time really, but um, I write as well. So um, writing's become, over the last year, um, a big part of what I do. Um, now, I find it very difficult to just write. I need to be in a certain mind frame um, to produce something great. But um, I'm actually planning on starting up um, me and another actor from Germany, Fred, Frederick Wolf. Um, he actually plays my son in Witch. And um, we're actually kind of starting up this um, production company kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm starting a bit of writing. I've got a feature film, um, a novel, and a short movie written already. I'm just waiting for... You know, to, I'm kind of at the point now where people are starting to recognize me in the industry. So I think this is a vital time to start things up and get things released and, you know, get the actors and the teams together. And I mean, Carl, the DOP of Witch as well, um, me and another one of my friends um, for UFLX FM, who's sponsoring um, a show that I'm presenting called Behind the Screens. So um, that's starting up this month, actually. And I'm actually shooting the promo video for it tonight. Uh, I'm just about to go do this afterwards. Um, it's just kind of like, you know, a nice little video to express what's coming. And it's essentially, um, you know, one thing I really want to do is to help people in this industry. And not enough people do that. They don't stop. and Because I know, I know how hard it is to get into the industry. And without the help of, you know, the people I had networked with, like, like Trev has done wonders for my career, you would not believe. And, you know, having that kind of thing has really pushed me forward. And, you know, knowing that I came from nothing and seeing, you know, these actors struggle for five years or whatever, when you, you know, you know, talent when you see it. And a lot of people that don't really have talent get ahead easily because of the people they know. And um, yeah, essentially, this is what the show is for. It's a, it's a raw kind of real view of the industry and behind the scenes, um, hence the name behind the screens. And, you know, it's kind of my journey in the industry and my tips, you know, the good, the bad and ugly of the industry. And, you know, we'll be going out to events like premieres and, you know, we'll be going to catwalk shows. And we really want to show like it's in a way it's a reality show, but we really want to give an insight to people that don't know much or are starting up in the industry. And of course I'll have like, um, at the end of the show, we'll have a guest every time. And, of course, that is entirely self-promotion. I mean, we want to hear their view in the industry and, you know, what their experiences are, whether good or bad, as I say. And, you know, it's all about self-promotion. We want to help people out here. So, um, yeah, that's 
that is what I've got going on at the minute. Lots so. of big things coming up for you, mate. Yes, certainly. Excellent. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world with all your projects because you deserve it. You work hard. You're a very talented guy, and you know it's just it's it's great to actually hear that you're that you're so busy and that you're getting lots of opportunities now, which is which is fantastic. Well done. Keep it up. I mean, I mean, you make yourself busy. A lot of people um, that. You know, I think I've excelled so quickly in the industry because, you know, someone can have talent and not get anywhere, as I say. And, you know, that's one thing I want to help with. But I'm one of those blunt people that if I'm working with someone and they're just not putting in the effort, but they're a great actor, I will tell them because, you know, it takes a lot of work to graft this, you know, to, to, to make this a craft and um, as an actor, model, presenter or whatever. And, you know, if you don't put the work in, you're not going to learn, you're not going to get better. And, you know, that's what this journey is all about um, is to because everyone can become, you know, the best. Everyone can get to the top, but it's about finding your own self in this industry. And you've got to work extremely hard. That's one thing I found out to actually get that. I mean, I don't stop, but I mean, it's paying off. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah. No, I will mirror what Trev said. You deserve it. Uh, we should you all the luck in the world. Thank you. And it is it is awesome to hear the projects that you've got coming up. But it'd be awesome to watch a new one tomorrow. Yes. So, so what what about yourself, Trev? What have you got, Kyle? Are you going to follow that lot? Um, I'm, <laughs> I ain't going to be bothered attempting to follow that. <laughs> but no, we've just finished uh, the the best part of May off of four or five shoots. So I did say after that, I said to Paul like yesterday that I need to take a break for a little while because um, it you know it takes a lot out of you. Um, that was a that wasn't exactly yesterday. It was a few days ago, um, and then. A couple of days go by and I'm script editing again. So it's a complete waste of time me saying stuff like I need a break. It just never happens. Um, so I'm kind of busy script editing the last of the sequences that need to be done. Uh, I'm also arranging, hopefully, to shoot another short story soon, uh, which is called Detriment, which will star Lauren Dalton. Uh, Lauren's a fantastic actress. Just got to give her a, a little shout out as well. She's uh, definitely such a fine she really is good I'm, I'm surprised that she's not kind of like so busy at the moment but she's so naturally gifted she's a terrific actress um and as key said earlier we had a, a script read through with her yesterday for darker um and she's fantastic so we're doing uh well i've actually uh worked with her before we did a short film called love you more with her and she was great in that as well so i'm doing another short with her called detriment hopefully within the next month or so uh, we just got to arrange that um and i'm just kind of i'm just continuing to write really and script edit and just lock some dates in for we've actually got to the stage now where we only need a certain few characters maybe once or or at the most twice now so it's kind of getting to that stage where i need to get the last of the scenes sent out to people um and then arranging their final shoot dates really um so yeah I, i was hoping to have a bit of a break but never really works out that way for me do you think you'll have a break once it's once the film is out there? Once the film is released, yeah. once the film is released, I'm on a space shuttle to Pluto, <laughs> and you will not see. I'll do a George Lucas on Star Wars. I keep quoting that. As soon as which yeah. comes out, I'm I'm on the plane somewhere. I'll see you guys like in six six months or something. 
could go sit in a beach somewhere and come up with the new Indiana Jones film. No, I'll go to. It. I'll go to. I, I, where's a place that's really cold because I can't stand the heat. That that think. forest, um, which was going to be one of the questions I asked Keelan. Actually, how cold <laughs> was it in that forest? You were just wearing a vest. Wow. Well, yeah, that I was, was sitting there yeah. in a tank top that was ripped. Um, yeah, that was freezing. I actually had the pleasure of stealing Trev's director coat. Um, yes, which is a nice privilege. That. Well, you know um, why but, that was, Keith. You know why that was. Because you don't know this, as far as I'm aware, you don't know this, but Paul came up to me, the producer Paul came up to me on the quiet. I was going over a couple of shots with Carl, and Paul came up to me and says, can I have a quick word a minute? So I said, yeah, what's, what's wrong now? And he goes, um, I'm a bit worried about Keelan. I said, well, what's the matter with Keelan? So he's getting his makeup done, and it's arms and hands. So yeah. he said, Paul turned around and said to me, the guy's physically shaking, he's freezing. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Uh, well, is he, well, yeah, it's a bit nippy, fair enough, but, you know, I'm sure he's, he's used to it. He'll be okay. And he said, no, he goes, I'm getting a bit concerned. He might get fucking hypothermia or something. So I said, okay, well, don't worry about it. So I took my jacket off and, and covered Key's uh, shoulders up with it. So, yeah, you know, they're just the sacrifices I like to make for my actors, you know. Yeah. They're a little bit on the, so- little bit on the chilly side. I'm more than willi- willing to give them the shirt, or in this case, the coat off of my back. So basically, Keelan, uh, Trev didn't care that you were shaking, but Paul was worried exactly. about it. So he ended up with a exactly. cold. So there you go. I'm actually one of those actors, that, and Trev, you well know this, that I, I never complain about anything on set. I That's try right. not to yeah. anyway. Never and, does. You know, I've never heard I, you complain, I've got to admit. I that. was blue with free. I was frozen in that forest but i didn't want, i didn't you know i just thought i'll stick it out because we can't do the makeup on my arms with when i'm wearing a coat so i had to do it regardless but i mean and if I, the fact that you know i was literally blue without makeup i think kind of helped for weaver's um makeup I, you know can i just can i just also say as well that you are privileged key because you're the only person who's worn my coat other than me i felt like so, a king know. believe me yeah, i know <laughs> Yeah. Did you feel like the director that day? Keith? Yeah, I felt. You, I like, felt you know like what? I wanted to start shouting at people. Well, in in my Cockney accent, I was telling them, "What the fuck are you doing over here? Hey, mate, come <laughs> over here. Get those cameras rolling. What the fuck are you doing?" And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it was just ready to come out but yeah to, to, be, to be fair though that day you had very scary makeup on and I got damn sickle so we'd have done it anyway regardless of what coat you were wearing so yeah. it's fine this is true yep so where can people find you on Twitter uh, um, funnily enough um, this is and there's there's a little I'm not even going to go on I know we're getting to the end of this um, it's basically at Scheisenhauer um, <laughs> you better spell that <laughs> yeah, it's S-C-H-I-Z-E-N dot H-O-W-E-R. Now, that's my Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, the reason by that, there, there's, and Trev, you asked me this on Saturday, there's nothing, or it was Paul, I think, maybe, there's nothing actually behind it other than a conversation that came about when I was really young about President Eisenhower being shit and Scheisenhower came together, and it became my online alias, so... Um, yeah, but basically, if you look me, if you if you look my name up, Keelan McClafferty on Google, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you know, I'll, all my professional pages will pop up. So I'm pretty easy to find. Fantastic. What about yourself, Trev? Um, what to contact me? I don't want to hear from anybody, yeah. to be honest. I'm, I, I <laughs> you don't care, do you? Uh, I just, you know, um, these actors whinging about being called, you, even when they're not whinging. Well, you always know my contact details more than me, Stuart, to be fair, but... I know. I is it Trev Haywood at 
Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like, is it? I'm not sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> people know me on Facebook, so I normally get quite a few messages on there from people. So, uh, nice. yeah, you can advertise it, but um, I, I, I just have trouble remembering things like that. It must be my age. Okay, no, but you were spot on. It is actually at Trev Hayward, and which can be followed on Twitter at which movie. So there you go. Uh, a shout out to Peter Lancet as well. I had the privilege of chatting with him on the phone for about half an hour the other day. So we were obviously chatting good things about Witch and a whole bunch of various Nothing. bits of conversation. So it was nice to chat to uh, Peter again. He did say as soon as this podcast goes online, he wants to uh, wants to listen to it. So yeah. he will be listening in the near future. Well, thank you. Big- Obviously, a big shout out to Peter, who's uh, written a few scenes as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're getting Peter involved in the big sequence coming up soon, which is the interview scene. Um, and Key mentioned earlier about working with younger people, you know, bringing them into the industry, giving them a foothold. And I'm going to do that with the interview scenes for which as well, because I'm hopefully going to be working with some graduates from the Bridge Theatre Group up in Finchley. Um, and they're going to be, I've always been, already been in contact with them, and they're going to help me out on the interview scene so they're, they're already IMDB listed for the film as well so it'd be great Very it'd nice. be great for them to be involved and also give them you know a little foothold in the industry yeah definitely and uh, who's the one that's got the aeroplanes going over the that would be me that would be <laughs> me and are they actually aeroplanes or is it just like trucks going I actually live in Area 51 um, no um, <laughs> no it's, it's actual aeroplanes yeah it's, um, I live quite near, um, I think it's London City Airport, isn't too far away, so it might be, that would explain that. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not going anywhere yet. I'm still here for you, Trev. Don't worry, we'll complete the movie. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a relief. And don't, forget dark, <laughs> don't forget Darker as well, we've got that one to do, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't mention a huge thank you to Trev Hayward for supporting my uh, camera fundraiser as well. Oh, you're more than welcome. I mean, the amount of kind of help and assistance you give to us, lowly independent filmmakers, you thoroughly deserve it, Stu. I'm really glad you hit your target. Hopefully, you'll be getting more beside hitting the target as well. Hopefully, people will still donate. Well, that's what I'm hoping, but it seems to be stuck. I mean, there was a little time there. I hit the target in 16 days, which was pretty good. Um, and then it just it stopped. <laughs> so I'm like, I want it to keep going up. I want to keep going up. So every podcast I'm on, I always say, it's my last one. I'm never doing another uh, fundraiser. I'm, you know, This is it. It's all or nothing uh, in the hope that people go, oh, I'll chuck it. But yeah. Just um, keep plugging I'm, it. Just keep plugging it. Exactly. <laughs> keep throwing exactly. it out But there. then you get people going, well, you already hit your target. It's like, yeah, but I want more now i've now added 71 pounds more worth of equipment well you need to get uh, you need to get extra batteries and, and other things as well didn't you so well i've put in for a portable lighting system yeah because i have no lights for it and I, the 500 pound was for the basics yeah so it was camera batteries um two wireless mics a sound recorder and so on but now that i've hit the target i've put in a tripod and a, uh, a lighting system Oh. And, and, and another aeroplane. <laughs> hey, you sure you're not living in Terminal 5 or something? <laughs> it's a Tom Hanks movie, isn't it, where he's living there? That's what it is. Uh, anyway, yeah, if any, obviously, people that are listening, you know, please, if you can, donate to uh, Stuart's worthwhile cause mm-hmm. on it's, it's Indiegogo, isn't it, Stu? It is yep. on Indiegogo, but if you check out the front page to screen Twitter, at least once every 10 tweets seems to be a mention of that link um, yeah. but the main reason I mentioned it is I look forward to uh, video interviewing yourself Trev at some point Ah, you'll be the first one yeah um, yes. 
as I say, I've been very kind of coy about giving any interviews. Out. I've had a couple of people asking me about them and somebody that wanted to actually come down to the set and interview not just myself but the actors on the set, um, which at first I agreed with until it came to the later stages of the film where a lot of the secrets were coming out and um, I had to kind of say, well, it's a little bit too late for that now. So there have been a few people that have wanted to interview me but not gone there at the moment. So hopefully an exclusive one from you, Stu. Now, is that because you are concerned about the, the security and the secrecy of the witch thing that you've held back on the interviews, or are you not the sort of person? I mean, you've done lots of podcasts, so, but these don't really feel like interviews, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, what's the reason behind being reticent? Obviously, the set visit one, I understand. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the secrecy with regards to the story, but I'm not really big on being interviewed. I don't, it's not. I don't want to go out there and, and, and want to be interviewed um, unless obviously, you know, we've known each other for quite a while now. And, you know, with you, it's, as I say, it's not really an interview as such. It's more of a conversation and, you know, about the industry. But I'm not kind of, I'm not one to give interviews, to be fair. And I'm not being pretentious or anything like that. It's just that I don't really feel comfortable in interviews and stuff. And, you know, but. You know, might make a little exclusive for yourself, Stu, and leave it at that. I mean, the, the, the video side of things, I don't plan on being a so Trevor, tell me about your childhood type thing. It will be very similar to the format of this one where it is yeah. a conversation. It's just I think there is an audience for people to watch content mm-hmm. as well as listen to it. So that's uh, that's some of the reason. Sure. How are you with the interviews, Keelan? Um, How are you with podcasts? Is this your first podcast? First ever podcast, yeah, actually. Um, I, li- I really like the vibe of it. I mean, you know, it's more of conversational than anything. Um yeah. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's really nice. I like it. Um, I love interviews, though. Um, not because, you know, I get to talk about myself. Um, but just a, it's it's kind of, it's a, it's a nice experience, I guess, you know, being on camera. And, you know, the, the one thing that excites me is I don't know what's coming. And, um, you know, as I said, like, Trev was offering to give me, like, some of the questions that I was going to be asked before I was interviewed for which. And... You know, I immediately said, like, no, I don't even want to read them. Like, I'd rather go there and, you know, be surprised and give, like, a genuinely real answer. And um, I think that's something that every interview should be. You know, it should be like like, like this. It's just, you know, whatever comes up, comes up. And, um, yep. yeah, no, that, that's what I like about it. I love, I love the kind of suspense of what's coming. And, you know, you get you can get tricky questions sometimes. And I like the... The awkwardness of being like, whoa, how do you answer that? So, yeah. Well, I'm doing a, a bunch of live Q&A panels at Sci-Fi Wales in uh, September. So I'm, I'm interviewing, well, not interviewing, but I'm hosting the panels for like Red Dwarf, Doctor Who, wow. all sorts. And I'll watch some of the episodes and I'll watch some of the films of people, you know, if they're, if they're on the panel and stuff. <laughs> but I am not going to go in with a list of questions. Yeah. I'm just going to pick up the mic and go... All right, here it comes and it'll work because that's that's what works for me so it's uh it is more fun it's more real isn't it if you don't have a list of questions going right well yeah. i'll just ignore the answer you've just given because that doesn't fit in with my question too <laughs> so i'll move on my question but i suppose I, you've, I, don't like but I suppose you've got to have a template a rough guide for yourself yeah. because you know you've kind of you've got to go back to that and you know because it's all about preparation to you isn't it you've got to yeah. know kind of where you're going to go with it and what questions you are going to answer even if it is going to be disguised as a conversation yeah, definitely. You have sort of rough bullet points in your head. Yeah. 
because uh, obviously you know where you'd like it to start, you know where you'd like it to end, and you've got a rough idea where the middle is. So you just try and flow through all those. And uh, so far with all the podcasts and the conversations I've had with various people, I've not managed to trip up so far, which is uh, either very lucky or uh, or just, you know, practice on my part, I guess. I don't <laughs> well, it's, ex- it's experience. I mean, you've done quite a few now, haven't you? So. I have done. This is the 280th episode. Wow! Um, wow. Of this, it's the 60. I think it's the 61st or 62nd British one, but it's the 280th of the whole from page to screen type mm-hmm. thing. So that's quite a lot of hours. That's a milestone. 280. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's not including uh, guest appearances and other people's podcasts as well. So that'll probably take it over 300. But uh, yeah, 280 episodes, which is pretty good. I always figured I'd do six. Six episodes, and then <laughs> no, I'll probably run out. I'll run out of stories then. I think, well, I'll have told everything. But it's kind of not worked out that way, and I'm in my fifth year. so It's just evolving, isn't it? It's like constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. Stu, is that right? You've got Richie coming on on a podcast talking about Bond, is it, or something? I have, and I can tell you who the guest is okay. because hopefully Richie will have done the podcast before this is released. This will get released this week. Um, but uh, I mean, Richie's a massive Bond fan. He's got the connection with the Bond world as mm-hmm. well, with uh, with his his uncle having been in one of them. And ages ago, I mean, Richie and I will jump on a podcast and we'll talk about movies. We'll talk about Bond, and sometimes we'll talk about which, and it will depend what we're talking about that week. Um, but I've been talking to an author called Mark O'Connell, whose granddad was Cubby Broccoli's chauffeur. Oh wow! Um, and I was talking to Mark via Twitter last week and said, you know, you need to come on a podcast at some point. And he said, I'd love to, um, but I'm busy in August, I'm busy in July, and I'm getting married at the weekend. So I'm like, okay. He said, so, but if you give me a shout sometime next week, um, we could set something up. So I'm going to put Richie and Mark on a podcast oh, so they right. can both just chat about their love of bomb movies. But Richie doesn't know who it is, so it's quite... Uh, I mean, if he does listen to this and it's before the podcast, Richie, you're going to be speaking to uh, <laughs> the, the grandson of Cubby Broccoli's chauffeur. So. Wow. It'll probably run off about four hours. You know, well, Richie's like the old Bond. Yeah. Yeah, I can just go, right, so you two talk, and then I can go and have lunch or That's it. Like that, <laughs> go and have a <laughs> bath, get changed, go down the road, yeah. get some shopping, you know. Yeah, come back, watch a film, play a bit of Xbox, watch, whatever. Watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, and they're still going. <laughs> exactly so that's the plan for richie um i need to do a podcast at some point with luke it's been a while since i spoke to luke um it's just yeah i seem to just be juggling projects at the minute i think i just need to sort of make a list and go right these are the six i'm focusing on this month and so on and so on it can uh, mm-hmm. and get very busy but uh, it's all good fun it is so well, i shall let you two go and enjoy the rest of your evening um, Keelan, it's been great to chat to you. Yeah, it's been on a podcast it's, for the first time. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, and um, yeah, as I say, like I like the comfortable vibe. It's nice to kind of, um, you know, just kind of gel on over the mic um, rather than you know a stuff interview or something. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's been fantastic. I mean, your work's amazing. Like you, you deserve every bit of fundraising you've got. It's been a pleasure to be on this podcast with you and Trev of course he is my movie sugar daddy as I say so um, yeah it's been fantastic I, two, no, no two better people I could be sitting on this podcast with right now 
Oh, bless so, you. Tre- bless you. Trev is also known as uh, Trev Spielberg. No, I'm not. Richie Edwards in no. the world. That's what Richie calls him. <laughs> Trev Spielberg. Oh, of course. Uh, can I just you know. say uh, a big shout out and a big thanks to all the cast and crew for which, you know, we're finally getting there now. Um, won't take up too much more of your time, hopefully. And, you know, we're, we're getting there. But a big thanks to everyone for all the hard work they put in. And also, you know, massive thanks to everyone who's been following us online. You know, the Witch Facebook page, the Witch Twitter page. You know, everyone that's listening to this, you know, without your support, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere. And, you know, we just really appreciate it. So thanks a lot for everyone out there. Nice. Well, you two take care, and uh, I shall catch up with very soon. And you? I'll sh- I'll we'll share the link of this podcast when it's online. I'll probably be editing it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Editing basically just means being put theme songs on. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I'm not one of these that will go through and go, oh, there's somebody, somebody stuttered or somebody said this, and I'll cut that out. There's no editing. It's just theme songs and stuff. But uh, I shall share that on your social media pages. Yeah, Definitely brilliant. Fantastic. Right, well, All um, right. guys, it's been a pleasure, and I will see both of you soon, um, hopefully. Um, I'll see you soon, Trev, but um, sure, yep. um, we need to get back in touch, um, get some things organized. But, yeah, have a great day, guys. Yeah, have a good yeah. week, everyone, and uh, thanks very much, and I'll speak to you both soon. All right. Take care. See you later, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
A real sense of you were doing something wrong, but that did give it that that feeling of excitement. When the reveal of the film happens, that's when it just becomes absurd. And the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable. It, it did absolutely zero for me, which could be for the hype. What we've just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted, and you're listening to From Page to Screen, the horror show. The from page to screen movie So they have nine times out of ten, they have to send it back to you unopened or just throw it in the garbage can. Things don't always look exactly as we envision our life to look, but sometimes it works out and turns out even better. Gregor Fisher, his bacon number is two because he was uh, appeared with January Jones in Love Actually, and January Jones and Kevin Bacon appeared in X Men First Class together. I've got to say, the very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Now that. <laughs> it's about the acting and about the writing. That's really what theatre is for me. Probably had more names than uh, than Prince or whatever. Never mind, there's a joke for the oldies. Um, oh, be like, Who's Prince? Who's oh, he? I'd just like to see uh, Mr. Freeze hiring his bad guys going, right, okay, so you're a psycho, right, can you ice skate? Head over to iTunes, Spreaker and Stitcher and put in the search box from page to screen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.